All right, we go. The Pro Wrestling Roller. Another live episode. Yep, live again. Live again. Let's see how we do this time. Hopefully, this one goes off without a hitch, but you never know, do you? We didn't have any problems last time. We didn't have any problems last time, that's all I know of. But um, yeah, we're going to ease into this one a little bit, see what we get come through. Mm. Before we, uh, I suppose, we officially begin, a little introduction. Yes. For I'm... anybody that uh, listens to this, obviously, it's also going to be available on all the major podcasting platforms, that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's on Amazon. Yeah. Audible, Google, <laughs> Stitcher, all the others. Oh, Stitcher, SoundCloud? It is on SoundCloud. Oh. No, it's not on SoundCloud. I'm lying to you, actually. Oh. Not on SoundCloud. Shame. But to everybody uh, watching and listening, whenever these obviously go out for the um, podcasting ones, um, welcome to the show. If you're a returning listener or watcher, welcome back to us. We appreciate the support. And if you are a new listener or watcher, mm-hmm. we hope we're not going to scare you away. So, what have you been up to over the last week? Not a lot. Just been watching some wrestling. Just some wrestling. Yeah, some old old stuff. Old stuff. I watched uh, In Your House Twelve. Oh, it's time. Featuring not not Vader, but <laughs> Sid versus Bret Hart for the title. Uh, oh. Untaker versus the Executioner. Wow. Armageddon rules. Oh my goodness. What was the Armageddon rules? I don't remember that. It was it's basically a Texas uh what's it called? Texas Death Match. All right. Where it's like pin no disqu- no disqualifications, no count outs. You can only win by pin or smitten and they had to get a ten count. Okay. But this is nineteen ninety six when it's not really when it would become like about a year later at this point, because it's like December twenty uh, this is December nineteen ninety six. Right. So yeah, mm. is, it, is it? And it's funny because the best part is when mankind comes in for this match and just takes all the bumps, really. Because execution that was Terry Gordy, who I don't think was about. I think he was like forty odd, so he wouldn't be in his best shape Frankie, yeah. back then. then. Yeah, that's just, that's like peak mankind, Mick Foley bumping as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you go through the set a lot. Yeah. Well, I've. Watched a bit of wrestling this week. Um, not an awful, awful lot. I've obviously been catching up with uh, what's been going on in the current world. Mm. But I uh, haven't watched anything old school for a little while. Usually, I'll sit and, um, if I've got WWE Network on, uh, I've been doing a bit of a marathon through the Broken Skull sessions. Oh, yeah. They're good. Some good episodes. Yeah. I, mean, I obviously prefer some more than others, but it depends who you're into. I think one of my favourites has still been Ron Simmons. I like that one. I really liked that one. Yeah, really good. But uh, um, also, you've also had a bit of a. <laughs> I was also never a wrestling show I watched because I just couldn't. And we'll get to it in a sec. But I was kept waking up and I was trying to find a way of getting back to sleep. SummerSlam 2012. Uh-huh, okay. Because I thought I'll just, you know, just put it on and I'll fall asleep. I Summer did. 2012. But I only did the main event. What made you want to put 2012 on? I just wanted to watch it. I haven't watched it in a long time. It's um, the reason, perfect storm. It? Yeah, Brock Lesnar versus Triple H, the perfect storm. CM Punk, Big Show, John Cena. Nice. Uh, Brian, Daniel Bryan versus Kane, which would lead up to their Team Hell No. Yes. Oh, yeah. Of course, that was like no. the... You can't do that now. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, that was good. There was some good stuff in yeah. those times, yeah. Just before it kind of took that dive with the authority stuff, really, a couple of years later. But, um, well, yeah. well, it was already sort of present there, wasn't it? But it was. This is the year before Triple H turned deal. Of course, it was 2013, SummerSlam, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, you've, you've had a. <laughs> the reason that you couldn't sleep, you want to let the folks know? Yeah, I cracked the tooth a while ago. You cracked the tooth. You didn't tell me this. This is all news to me. I'm hearing this for the first time. Mm. And then it had been fine. Now, all of a sudden, it got infected. You got an infected tooth? Yeah. Unbelievable. So you're going to be quieter than normal? No. Oh, yeah, well, you Well, I will be, because you'll... Well, yeah, you'll talk over me a lot. <laughs> My voice is just a bit louder. True. Yeah, there you go. That's that's the sort of emphasis we need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you want an ASMR? <laughs> is that what you want? No. Who, who does that? I don't know. 
people that like ASMR. But today's episode, which we're going to get into, we're doing a top 10. We're bringing back the top 10. We haven't done one for a really long time now. No, since uh, Royal Rumble 2021. I think it probably was. Yeah, yeah. around about then, where we we're listed our favourite Royal Rumble matches. Not yeah, matches. The actual, it wasn't the matches Rumble on matches. The, matches on the card. It could be a Rumble match or like yeah. uh, any other match on the card. I mean, been at least two years though it's been over two years since we've done a top 10 on the podcast so we're going to do one today and the theme for the top 10 today is top 10 wwe world heavyweight championship matches of all time so uh obviously this weekend we've got night of champions coming up so with night of champions we're going to see a new world heavyweight champion crowned they've said it's going to follow the same lineage as the um uh the original big gold so I suppose in honour of that, we're going to list the, the best matches of all time. Yeah, we are. Our personal ones anyway. So obviously it's a subjective list. Uh, everybody's going to have their own. So, you know, whatever yours may be, do pop them in the comments below. Um, but we're going to be going into that shortly. First of all, though, I do want to have a couple of shout outs uh, to some, some good folk out there. First of all, The Heel Truth. Ted the Hillbilly Heel, The Heel Truth is a fantastic wrestling podcast that you can find on all major podcasting platforms. Obviously, on Apple and Spotify, you can give it five stars. We already have because it is a five-star podcast. Ted is one of the nicest guys um, really in, in all of the podcasting game, I think, right now. And he's always so supportive of us. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we honestly, I couldn't honestly thank him enough. But, yeah, The Heel Truth, the, the most recent episode he dropped out uh, very recently – was uh, episode, bring that up, 221. Jeez. 221. American Idol is pro wrestling. And he basically goes through the episode and gives us a really interesting insight into how American Idol is basically booked like pro wrestling. It's a really interesting listen, a really interesting listen. And those sometimes are the ones that I quite like the most because mm. you take these kind of concepts and you... You know, it's, it's something fresh. It's something different. Ted's got a lot of different things like that on the podcast. The Heel Truth, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from, five stars, Dave Meltzer it, and give him a follow and a subscribe. And all of the, the other ways and other, other places where he is and platforms and everything, it's all listed in the descriptions of the podcast that he puts out there. But, yeah, he's a great guy. And, Ted, thank you very much. Mm. Uh, another one, though. We've got to give a shout out to the WrestleManiac. And the WrestleManiac is another one who's been a massive, massive supporter uh, for us. And we really, really appreciate it. Yeah. And he's, it's a really interesting situation with WrestleManiac because in Greece, he told me this in Greece, WWE is not really a big thing. All right. In well, not, not that it's not a big thing, but it doesn't get the exposure in Greece that it does, you know, like here in the States, other parts of the world. Mm. There's not um, anywhere that shows it like as, as frequent or, or if at all, I think he may have said. Mm. So crazy. But you can find him at the WrestleManiac uh, underscore zero on Twitter. And he's also on Instagram, Facebook as well. Uh, and he's always put in some interesting sort of articles up and um interesting bits of trivia and facts and things like that and obviously you've got translation on there so you can translate into english or whatever your, your you know your, uh, your language is um but he writes it all in greek and i think wrestlemaniac is going to be a really good person if you're in greece and you're just not quite sure where to go to because again it's not probably as popular in greece do head over and give the wrestlemaniac a subscribe because that's exactly what you should be doing yeah and there he is, the WrestleManiac. He's in the comments now. Hello. Hey. Just finished giving you a plug. Oh, he's here for a while. Well, it's good to have you. It's good to have you. Welcome onto the show. But yes, I think I got your tag right, WrestleManiac. So that's WrestleManiac um, underscore zero, I believe, on Twitter. I'm going to assume that's the same for Instagram. If it's not, then I know he's going to correct me. Nice seeing you live. It's nice to see you in the comments, WrestleManiac. You're always, always, always welcome along. We really do thank you for your support. Definitely. But yeah, absolutely. That's two, you know, we should be doing that more often. And we've 
Um, we've done it in previous podcasts and yeah. things like that. But, yeah. um, you know, we really are. It's interesting podcasting. I know we are going to get to the top 10, obviously, but, you know, we will get to it. Um, podcasting is interesting. When we started this in 2020, it's you start with like a complete blank slate. There's nothing. You know, you've got you just you start with like whatever you can find, however you think you can do it. And wrestling's oversaturated. Very much so. Very oversaturated. You know, if you'd have gone in probably around, oh, when did Colt Cabana start his podcast? Because he was really the first one to kind of that must really be 2013, probably in 2014. 2013. Well, he was already well into it by the time he had Punk on and they did that infamous episode. Yeah. And that would have been early 2014. Yeah. Because that was straight. That was really, well, it wasn't straight after, was it? It was a little yeah. while after. That was late 2014. Out. Yeah. He'd been going for a little while before then. I reckon it was probably around 2010 or not long after. Could be. Yeah, easily a good 10 years or so. But yeah, if you jumped in at that point, brilliant. But yeah, jumping in now, it's um, it's always, uh, uh, you never really know where to start with it. But, yeah. you know, we it's just finding your footing and just having fun with it, really. I mean, we're not perfect <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, as long as you're having fun with it. And any, you really can. You know, camera on your phone camera on wherever um something with a microphone and just do it just shoot shoot brother from yeah. the hip you don't want to shoot too much because your teeth might fall out and then you know you've got a while before you've got your dentist appointment so is that a sore subject no not really oh, but it is a bit sore though isn't it it will get it will get sore all right uh, i think that's enough beating around a bush i think we should go through it top 10 Top 10 WWE World Heavyweight Championship matches of all time. Now, WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So we're, we're counting this from the uh, big goal being introduced on Raw in November, October? September. September 2002. Hmm. Um, so not from the point where the with the WCW and the invasion angle and everything like that. So when it was awarded to Triple H from that point onwards until it was retired uh, in 2013, these are the matches we're going to go through. Top 10. We've got top 10 each. So we'll see how this fares. I think we're going to have a lot of the same. Yeah, I think we'll have the same, but I don't know if, if it'd be in the correct order. <laughs> yeah, the order's going to be interesting. How do you want to do this? So we're going to start with 10. Yeah. And do you want to go first? Do you want to give us your number 10? Yeah, I'll give you number 10. Go on then. I'm going to have right. a sip on me stout that I'm not going to promote because we don't get paid sponsorship. No, we don't get paid anything. But it's a really nice Irish stout. Whatever. Um, my number 10 would be higher if it was longer. Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle versus Randy Orton, Mania 22. That's interesting for a top 10. Yeah. Mm. I, I think it's a really good match. It's just a shame that it's about nine minutes long. There's some great stuff like you had the um, Angle doing the double German. Um you had the great um, RKO onto Kurt Angle. Yeah. The double German's the one that sticks out the most yeah. for me in my mind. Uh, WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania, yes, exclusively. Exclusively WWE timeline only. So, because um, if we're going to go through WCW ones, it'd be, oh, that's a big list that. Um, if you're going to go through, because then do you count the NWA as well? Into... Well, that big gold belt was long for a long time. Yeah. But I've not really got... I don't really... I've not really seen much from that era, apart from... I've seen a lot, but... Bits and pieces for me. A, a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, that's an interesting choice. WrestleMania 22. Mm. Because if, it was, if, it was, if it was longer, I think it would have been up probably top five. Really? Yeah. Because wow. I really think it's a good match. It's just a shame it's short. And it's uh, a bit obvious that um, Ray was going to win that match, I think. But That's one of those things, though, I think, where the... Um, the the predictability of it didn't really hurt it. Like so, we you know people say all the time, and obviously it is true. But just because something is predictable potentially, it doesn't make it a bad thing, you know. And that it kind of the the, the only thing that ironically the only thing that maybe has soured that one a bit for me was because it it did feel a bit of a I don't know it just felt a bit weird. I think going into it like the whole storyline going in, I completely get it, and yeah. we still feel the effects of of losing Eddie today. It's mad. He was one of those big personalities that it just it really hit you i think as a wrestling fan yeah when you saw the news but um because saying that it's the anniversary what was it a couple of days ago was the anniversary of own heart's death 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, what was that? Twenty four years was it? Yeah, ninety nine wasn't it? Yeah, crazy. Well, that's an interesting number ten. I'll give you my number ten. One. Mine is from SummerSlam two thousand nine. The oh, okay. tables, ladders, and chairs match between CM Punk and Jeff Hardy. All right. Um, that one was interesting because Punk's heel turn showed how uh, more from Punk, I think, because we he was so beloved at this point, wasn't he? In WWE, and a big part of it is because he was the underdog. He didn't fit the mold. He's the guy that's never really going to make it there. And he kind of got over in that kind, in that way, like a lot of other people have. Yeah. Your Daniel Bryans and your Sami Zayn's and everything like that. But um, the match itself was interesting because he did that heel turn and he proved like Punk. Punk's a natural heel. Yeah. He's a natural in real life heel as well. I mean, <laughs> just look at the last twelve months of AEW. Like Punk's, and again, that's not stating uh, that he's like, in the rug or whatever. We weren't there, oh, so no, not, not that. doing that. He's in the news enough already. But he's a natural heel. And the juxtaposition between him and Jeff Hardy was kind of almost perfect. It could be higher, but for similar reasons to like the triple threat, the thing I'm a little bit like this about is because I've never really liked the fact, because they've done it so many times with Jeff, where they bring the real life problems that he has into storyline. Um it's, it's, it's just been done a lot. And it wouldn't matter so much. They did it with Eddie Guerrero, right? So with Eddie and Kurt at WrestleMania 20. Yeah. And, well, even with Brock as well, actually, if a No Way Out and then into WrestleMania 20, the whole thing was about Eddie being a recovering addict. But yeah. Eddie was a recovered, he, he had recovered and his life had turned around. And I think what made it more awkward with Jeff is that he's, hopefully this is it, but, you know, we've said it a lot, with yeah. Jeff, and, it, and it's just, it happens a lot, you know, and that's not wishing in on, on anybody, but it, it has happened a lot. And I think that's what makes it a bit difficult, because it's kind of, you know, you, the story's meant to be that he used to do this, and he used to do that, but, you know, he still does do this and does do that, and he's the baby face in that, so, yeah, I don't know, I like, the, but the match itself is fantastic, I think. It really, is. really good match, and those two were kind of born to sort of be rivals i think really definitely with punk's way of life and that kind of this is before he's kind of gone in straight edge society as well so he's not in that preachy mode yet no um, but he was starting to it was like the yeah it was the origins of it which weirdly though he kind of he did adapt that in ring of honor i think it was just he let it morph over time with the wwe version yeah but yeah that's my number 10 anyway wrestlemaniac um popped in his top one so this is wrestlemaniac's top I believe this will be his top pick. Is Batista Triple H Hell in a Cell 2005? It's a Vengeance. That's his number one. Um, he's had to go, but obviously yes, Westmania. Thank you very much for popping that one in, and we hope you've enjoyed for for what you could be here for. But yeah, the um, that one. I don't want to. I won't go too much into that in case it's on one of our lists. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. No, I reckon that's a yes then for you. We'll see. <laughs> well, we will see. All right, what you got for number nine? Number nine, I have the Edge versus Jeff Hardy ladder match from Extreme Rules 2009. 2009. 2009 was a good year for the world title. There was a lot yeah. of good matches in 2009 with the world title, I think. Yeah, there were some good matches. Um, okay. So this is uh, Edge was defending the title. He'd just beating Jeff to retain it at Judgment Day, which is not, I, didn't, I honestly didn't remember it that much, but, but um, yeah, there's some good spots. The typical stuff with the ladder, but there's some great stuff. And, and the finish is great where Jeff Hardy pulls Edge through the ladder. Yeah. And get, Edge gets stuck. It does kind of get forgotten about because Punk does cash in money in the bank, which will lead up to their feud. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a really good match, and um, yeah, good way to good way to be the main event of that show. Good main event. I think what we'll find as we go through this list, because as I was looking through to find what a top ten would be, even before they're in an order, um, there's a lot of like bad ones out there. Oh, definitely. Well, not even necessarily bad, but there's a lot of just really unmemorable ones. You know, really unmemorable. And I think a big part of it is because the world title did take a back seat to the WWE nine times out of ten. 
I'd argue the kind of most prevalent it was was when it was first introduced because it was introduced, um, as we say, with Triple H, he was the top star on the top brand. Yeah, this is the reign of terror, isn't it? You know, so, yeah, that's a good one. That's definitely, um, would you call it an underrated gem, that one? Yeah. I'd say because um, it doesn't probably get talked about as much as some of the others. No. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I think it's very underrated. Pretty underrated. I like that. I've got one from 2009 for my number nine, right. and it's from Backlash. And I've got the last man standing match between John Cena and Edge. All right. Yeah. Number nine, eh? Number, oh, yeah. Where's yours going then? Not saying. Yeah, not but I bet it's number eight. No. All right. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah, the um, last man standing match, Backlash 2009, as I literally just said, so I'm going to go through it all again. But 2009 was great. That match was one of my favorites between. John Cena and Edge. My absolute favourite John Cena Edge can't make the list because it was for the WWE title and that was the TLC. Yeah, if it was... Um, Unforgiven in... 2006. Cool, yeah, it was, yeah. In Toronto. Yeah. That was the best one. But yeah, this was um, probably my second favourite of the Cena. The Cena and Edge had a really good rivalry. I think it does get to... I don't want to call it underrated because it probably isn't, but I really liked their, their feud. I did. I didn't. I didn't like their SummerSlam match. They did before the TLC. Right. Yeah. Okay. But apart from that, most of the matches were really good. This one was really good. The last man standing, and this is when they were starting to get like a bit more inventive with some of the finishes for last man standings as well. I mean, it wasn't the most obviously innovative finish, but Cena was like the guy that was starting to like utilize things, wasn't he? You know, like with Batista, and he used like tape to tape him up like a year or so later. Yeah. Um, I've got, no, I'm going to go off on a tangent about seeing last man standing matches. But yeah, that one's my my number nine because it's, it is really good. And I think out of their all of the matches they had, that's probably my second most favourite. Cool. Which is a really good match for the world title. Really good. What about number eight then? What you got? Now this one, this, it's not... It's going to be Randy Orton versus Mark Henry. Classic Night Champions 2011. Randy Orton, Mark Henry. When Mark Henry won the title. Number eight. Yeah, because I like the story of the match. How Mark Henry had been built and built as this giant. And I'm just surprised. And I just, and yeah, the fact that he won the title and you get to the crowd and nobody's happy. I'm surprised. I, I, in this, Shocked, even. I really like this match. I really Aghast. like it. I really like it. Do you know what? I'm, I'm surprised it's in there just because that's... Um, doesn't get talked about at all, it and that's be. nothing against anyone here because I, I, I love Randy Orton, and I don't think anything compares to that Hall of Pain run with Mark Henry. No, it this, was really good, and that really is underrated. I think it is very underrated. Yeah, that was a really good run, but it's just one of those. It just doesn't spring to mind for me. Yeah, I understand. That's that. why it's a, it's a good I like that. And, it, and don't forget this is the same show where CM Punk lost to Triple H. Right? Oh, after not, yeah. after Punk had just come back from the uh what was it 2 weeks leaving WWE. Regardless he was white hot at the time yeah. and the whole thing. Uh, another story for another day, isn't it? But yeah. But um, I, I really like the story of the match where it, the story is basically Orton just needs to put the Arco on Mike Henry but Mike Henry just like we have none of it. And it just stops him at every point. Dominates him. It's a good match, yeah. And just, yeah, just wins the match by just stopping Yaka out of nowhere. What's wrong with Slam? One, two, three. Comes right out of a champion. God, I might have to go back and watch that again at some point, you know? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's very different to my number eight. How from, different? It's very different in the sense that my number eight is, um, it is from 2012. Okay. Extreme Rules. Two out of three falls match between Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. Um, this was a banger of a match. And I think it helped in a weird way because we watched it live. That 18-second um, squash of Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania from Sheamus was like... We were just speechless about it. Yeah. And annoyed. I've been a show as well. Opening the show, it was annoyed. It was a shock. But the thing is, again, like when you look at it in hindsight, it was probably the best thing to happen to Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Because like said earlier on on, on the episode, 
sometimes you, you've got the underdog where you get behind them about punk but you get behind them because you feel like the machine isn't behind them so you feel more vocal about no this is the guy we want and we all wanted daniel bryan you know and he, he's again because he's another guy like like punk where he's he's built an already amazing career at this point in ring of honor um but he just didn't fit the typical wwe mold so for them to then have this absolute banger of a match at uh, Extreme Rules, mm. and the crowd was so because the yes thing was really kind of over at this point. And Chicago, if I remember correctly, uh, it might have been Chicago. I think it's Chicago. So yeah, a... Chicago's always a great crowd. I think it was Chicago. Yeah, because I think it was the same card as Punk mm. Jericho. Yeah, Punk yeah, Jericho. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and Brock Lesnar's return. <laughs> oh, yeah, when he lifted the. Um... Charles Robinson, yeah, just, just like like a toy. <laughs> and, yeah. through the but my favorite part of that match is near the end when Brock does the dive off the steps to the outside. Oh yeah, straight out. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's hundred percent in because yeah. this was, um, like I said, it was a banger. And Sheamus, although he was the booked face, uh, genius really, because like you come out with the eighteen seconds on the shirt, it riles people up more because people are still angry about it. Um, you know, it did work out really well, but I, yeah, it was a really good match. A banger before Seamus acknowledged his bangers. Yes. I don't know. When I said it, I realised it sounded weird. No, it doesn't. All right. Well, we'll move on from it. Mm. Number seven, then. What have you got? I've got an elimination chamber match. Have you really? Yes. Which one? 2011. Edge defends against... No, I'm, gonna get... I'm probably going to get this wrong. <laughs> Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Big Show. Drew McIntyre. Wade Barrett. And someone, there's someone else. I'll find that. Was it Wade Barrett? Let's have a look. It's definitely Drew. No, I, I remember this one. I did really like it because the, the final two is Edge and Edge and Ray, Ray isn't it? Like a five minute. They had a really good, yeah. Okay, well, you can have a look for that then. Yeah. Because I remember it being, um, it was going to be Dolph Ziggler, but he got fired by Teddy Long like the week before. And this is the brilliant time where we kept making the joke about how Big Show is always a surprise. Big Show was always a surprise. Was he the surprise entrant in that one? Yeah. Always a surprise entrant, Big Show. They didn't, they they really did Big Show dirty. They did. In all honesty, between like that being the, you know, you got a big surprise and it's always the Big Show. It's nothing against the Big Show, but it's just, it's underwhelming. And all the face turns and heel turns and everything, it was just, oh dear. Kane. Was it Kane? Mm. Wade Barrett was in it. Barrett was in it and got eliminated first. What was Barrett doing at the time? Was he in core? Yes, core. he was in core. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> he was in the core. That's a good one. I'd say that's underrated. It's, as it is well. underrated. it's interesting. It's top 10, though. Yeah. Because, like, like I said at the time, at the time when Drew McIntyre was like barely doing anything, he just had like the chosen one error. And then he was gone. It was like not doing much. Then gets in it because it's SmackDown only, and he was on SmackDown. Yeah. And then he was like doing an aggressive around the cage, and like I was going to this guy's getting eliminated in five seconds, and he looked really good and got like eliminated third, fourth. I think. Do you know what I remember us having a conversation at the time where we thought he might win it? He'd be a dark horse to mm. win it. We but definitely this, wasn't saying Wade Barrett because he was in the core. Yeah, but then again, <laughs> this was Del Rio just won the Forty Man Rumble. Yeah. Wow, Drew's career since then that's mad that doesn't really feel like it was that long ago that chamber 2011 like i say crazy that's good that's underrated mm. my number seven is i don't think this is underrated in any stretch i think everybody has this one i would say in their top 10 and maybe even higher but my number seven is from no way out 2006 it is the undertaker versus kurt angle so I'm not going to talk too much about it because I could guarantee I'd bet the house on it's in your top 10. It's in my top 10. So we'll, I'll let you go through it more in a bit. But I'll give a more personal reason. Well, it's not personal, but um, when you're a kid and you're watching wrestling, you're invested 100% in just what you're watching. And you all have your, fa you your favourite wrestlers as a kid. Like You right. gravitate to like who pulls you in. Like superheroes and comic books. And for me, it was an Undertaker. Always the Undertaker. All the different incarnations up until that point. Um, but as much as The Undertaker changed and morphed and you know, like evolved that character, but it was still The Undertaker, but it, it changed over time. Um, this, I think that match was the beginning of The Undertaker we saw when he kind of lost the leather 
trousers, the pants, and he went for the kind of more sort of the singlet look. And he started having these really, really, really good matches. Because Taker was always like, if you've seen any of his stuff as Mean Mark and, and everything like that, like he was always super agile. Oh, very, always. Very. He just toned it down as The Undertaker because obviously when The Undertaker debuts, he's like a, he's a zombie. Hmm. It doesn't make sense for a zombie to be doing, you know, all these big moves, despite the fact he was a big bloke. That probably helped him along, like to have the career that he had for as long as he had, in all honesty. Being able Probably to slow did. down a bit. I mean, I have some footage of him early on in the WWE run where he does like some of the stuff. Yeah, but it's not. It wasn't like it was a like um. Well, I guess I didn't have like raw or anything like that, so you couldn't see it every week. But, no, but even just like, his style, it would be that those like quick snaps of of offense, mm. you know, with the big clothesline and things like that. But this was like a, just, and it was also kind of the start, I think, for like. Kurt Angle's wrestling machine gimmick. It was. Well, not gimmick, because he really is the wrestling machine. But, you know, that persona for Angle, and that was what made the, you know, when Angle left even sort of harder to swallow, because it was oh, like... Definitely, because on the best really, run. Yeah, the best run of his... is, Although, arguably, he had the better run in TNA. But, yeah, another story for another day. But, yeah, that one for me, like, on that reason, because um, you'll go through yours, but, yeah, that was the start of Taker having those, like, like oh, wow, like, Taker's awesome, but, like, He's having like these really good matches, and it was just you know, as the years went on, yeah, I mean, he just kind of got better and better for well, like somehow. He had the Orton feud, which was good the year yeah. before, but it didn't really felt it didn't feel like he had that many really good matches at that point. I don't. It's just tricky because of the type of matches that he'd be put in. You know, would you, like would you you're say... like running with people like Giant Gonzalez, and he, well, yeah, Carly at one yeah. point. Um, would you say his last good match before that was a Hell in a Cell against Brock? What, No Mercy 2002? Yeah. I mean, we love the Above the Live of Vince, but it's a bit too one-sided. It's entertaining. It's entertaining, but it's a bit one-sided. And you had a lot of good matches from that. It's, it's difficult, because it's how do you look at it? Because it's all subjective, isn't mm. it? Like the top ten in general. It's like, There's a lot of Undertaker matches from all the different personas that I really like, but they're just... He, he's, he's different in the match. He approaches the match differently. It's like, who doesn't like the Hell in a Cell from King of the Ring 98? It's not a wrestling match. It's not It's, it's not, not Taker Shawn Michaels mainly in 25. No. Or 26. 20, yeah. You know, but like, it's just different. But that version, like what we saw with Taker and Michaels at 25, I feel like that version of The Undertaker kind of started at No Way Out 2006 against Angle. Hmm. Is that's when it's sort of like he started going that way. But yeah. That's my number seven, anyway. All right. Fine. Number six. We're nearly in the top fives. Seamus versus Daniel Bryan, Extreme Rules 2012. Oh, okay. Higher than mine. Yeah. I, like we said before, how good it is. And we weren't, I don't think we were expecting it to be that good. Well, we didn't know what to expect, did we? Because no. of Mania. <laughs> well, that, and we we're thinking, Seamus hasn't had the match yet at that run, I don't think. Because I think the Triple H was meant to do that, but the matches were okay, not brilliant. Kind of forgettable in yeah. a weird way. Yeah. But um, yeah, and we, and it was probably the first time really that I'd seen a Daniel Bryan Hill run and go. Now, now I see why people like this guy. Because I, I, I've been a fan. I was a fan of his stuff when he debuted. Because I knew I knew about him. Yeah. But it's like now I see it. Now I see why people like this guy. The technical wrestling part of it. Sometimes you need that heel turn to yeah, switch you yourself up a really little bit, do. isn't it? Because it's weird because it's, it wasn't until, everyone loved him already, but it was it was I don't think it was him being heel that did. It. I think him being heel allowed him to show more personality. It did. But like I said, the fact that it felt like the WWE machine was never going to be behind him is what gets fans to get more riled up to be behind the person that you want there. Because there's always a power struggle. Um, or at least if it feels like there's always been a power struggle, at least since the Cena era, where the guy at the top is not the guy you want at the top, or, we, or the collective fan base wants at the top. Yeah. And I feel like Seamus just, it, 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 people just turned on him because it, it felt like it wasn't his time anymore, um, which is weird to say now because then look at Seamus now. Yeah, and how yeah. many bangers have we talked about? How you get us now? Mad. Really good match though, yeah. 100%. Very good. Well, my number six... Um, I was going to put this a bit higher initially, but 
I had to make some sacrifices. Number six is from No Mercy 2008. It's the ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. Mm. What a match that was. Yes. Really good. Um, the finish was new. It was different. Yeah, very, very, very innovative. Both have, both holding the belt, never seen it. It might have been done before then, but I don't remember seeing it done before that match. Uh, no, because it was a tug of war on the belt. Tug of war with the belt and then the headbutt. Um, I think it was a headbutt. Yeah, it was a headbutt. Headbutt. Because Jericho gets pulled into him, that's why. Yeah. What a match. Mm. The story to it might probably not fly today. Well, it wouldn't fly today. Um, which is weird, because 2008, are we still in PG era in 2000? This would be the first few months of PG. Yeah, so you can see that transition's not all the way through there at, the, at this point. Because one of the angles, of course, Shawn Michaels brings his, his real-life wife uh, into the angle. And, um, you know, to get heat... From the crowd because Jericho's the heel at the time. Um, he goes to punch Sean, Sean moves out of the way. Jericho clocks Sean Michael's wife in the mouth, but I mean, he really he punched her in the mouth, yeah, like her lip was swollen, and it, you wouldn't he couldn't get away with it today, couldn't get away with it today. But and that was technically that was still PG era. Well, that's what I mean, but it's that kind of... Well, was it PG era or is it, are we just in the point well, P- where the blood has stopped? Because think, there's blood in this. Well, well yeah, but that's accidental blood because Jericho, funny enough, breaks his tooth. Don't break your tooth. Too late. It is too late. I feel really sorry for you. Shouldn't. I don't. But yeah, um, I believe PG era starts around SummerSlam, era, SummerSlam time. It didn't feel like a PG era match. That's the, the no, thing for me. No, their, their feud didn't feel like PG era because they had the unsanctioned match the month before. Yeah. Jericho and Michaels always have really good matches, but obviously for the world title, yeah. this was the first... Because I mean, the first one-on-one encounter was at um, WrestleMania 19. Very good match. That was a really good match. But yeah, that was it was world heavy. This is where we're in that kind of territory now where every match is... Every person in it is, feels like a world title contender. Mm. Like they are world championship material type deal. If that's, I know that's a weird probably yeah. way to phrase it, but like they feel like big matches and they were big matches and they were great. But yeah, that ladder match is among one of the best ladder matches of all time, I think, um, because it didn't rely on the stuff that you kind of get used to seeing in ladder no. matches, which is ironic because it's Shawn Michaels himself, along with Razor Ramon, that really kind of put the match on the, on the map to begin with. Yeah, and Jericho's got some good ladder matches with Benoit. Yeah, yeah. The TLC tag team one. The one on Raw. One on Raw and SmackDown. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's my number six anyway. So we're going to go into top five then. Yes. Top five. Anybody as well, by the way, watching, if you've got your own, do feel free to pop them in the comments below. We can read those out. But um, top five. This, I'll be surprised now if we don't at least get one the same like, and we've ranked it the same. Because there's, there's some that haven't been mentioned yet, and that's, yeah. they're coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, what you got? So, hey, what, what was your number nine again? My number, so I, so my number ten, Jeff Hardy and CM Punk from SummerSlam 09. Mm-hmm. Number nine is Cena and Edge from Backlash 09. Number eight was uh, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus from Extreme Rules 2012. Uh, seven was Kurt Angle and Taker, No Way Out, and six is Jericho Michaels, No Mercy 2008. Right. So we are number five. Number five. Jesus. Do you remember yours? No. <laughs> you don't remember? This is where you should have written it down. I know. So unprepared. So number 10 was Triple Threat at Main 22. What? Yeah. Then it was Mark Henry, Mark, uh, Mark Henry, it was, wasn't it? No, I'm just shaking my head in disappointment at you because you didn't write it down. Yeah. Mark Henry and uh, Renny Warren. I think it was number nine. It was definitely in there. <laughs> you're unbelievable. No, I'm, I'm, is it all the pills you're on? Probably. <laughs> Just to clarify, that is for his broken tooth. Yes. I'm not Jeff Hardy. I think. You can't <laughs> say that, man. For goodness sake. You mentioned it, so I can say it. Well, I was respectful. We'll just, just move on. Well, I'm trying to. I want you number five. <laughs> Do you need a nap? No, not yet. Bloody so number five now. is going to be the first ever elimination chamber. So five, two thousand and two. Okay. The uh, 
Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Booker T, Ralph Van Dam, Kane, and Chris Jericho. Um, yeah, I just once again, it's the story and the performance of Triple H, considering he got his throat crushed within like the first 10 minutes and had to go another 30 minutes. Him going through the whole way was yeah. impressive because you could kind of tell watching it that something wasn't right. Yeah, I didn't but... realize it at the time because he kept wrestling, and then when you get more into the internet and you realize, all oh, right. Triple H got his throat crushed. Yeah, uh, it's still really early days for internet, like as we know it now. Yeah, well, there were dirt sheets and things back then. I remember, but it wasn't um, it wasn't anywhere like what it is now. No. It took a lot longer for news to get out there, and even when it did, it was kind of like now. But even when it did, it was nine times out of ten wasn't right. So, yeah, it's a good match though. Very good match. It's a very good match. Sure, so right. sure Michael's win at the end, the reaction itself. Madison Square Garden, so that makes it even more memorable. Now, I will say, though, is um, one of the most memorable things about that match is Shawn Michaels' tights. I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Well, I'll say it. I, no, it's great. It's the tights and the haircut, I mean, he, he did get a lot of slack. Yeah. He got uh, he got a lot of flack, even not slack. He do got you, flack for that. Do you know what another funny thing is? Apparently, he wasn't meant to be the last person to enter. He was meant to be Kane. What happened then? Well, they, they apparently they got the... Um, because the way it, because the way it, um, funny enough, the way that people enter from the chamber is how they entered in the ring. So Jericho was first; he came out first. Then um, I mm. then Booker T, who came out after him. Then Kane, then Shawn Michaels. But I think I believe, but I think Jericho said this in a podcast that it wouldn't be Kane. So and they had to like work their way into uh, kind of like how when we talked about my, um, the we talked about. The Innovation Chamber when Mark Henry broke hard broke, yeah. <laughs> and they and they had to um, improvise for a while, kind of mm. like that. They had to improvise Kane Kane stuff. We well, had a, a whole ring full of veterans though for that yeah. chamber, so it's not like you can. And that's, that's I guess why it doesn't show that it's. And the first elimination is actually not like a big finisher; it's a missile drop kick. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, to be Good fair, chamber. And to be fair, Jerm, it was. Not long after RVD just done the throat crush, so yeah, you had to sell it. It's my favorite chamber ever. That one, that it's up one. there, it's up there with me. It's my favorite one. Nostalgia for that one. All right, into top fives. Then my number five is WrestleMania 23 Batista versus The Undertaker. Nice, um, really good match again. Still fairly young at the time, and obviously, Taker's always my guy, but. Um, it felt like a big deal because Taker like never goes for a world title at Mania, and obviously in hindsight you can say it's because he never needed to. But no. um, you know when you're like rooting for your favourite, obviously you want him to win a belt. So yeah, this was cool. Um, and again, we're we're into that Taker as being like the the workhorse Taker. Yeah, it's, it sounds really silly saying that because like he's always been you know, but like that kind of era of Taker. Um, Really good, yeah, really good match. There's the argument that the, the match could have been the main event for the whole of WrestleMania 23, but I, I still think that um, Cena and Michaels was the best match to go on last. But, um, yeah, Taker and Batista, I think, was technically a better match for me on the show. It's tough, because I do like tough. both. But It's a meh mainly for me, that show, but those two matches are highlights. It's slightly underwhelming, that mania. But it generated a lot of money because you had the whole, you know, the battle of the billionaires, and yeah. obviously, Money in the Bank was still taking place at Mania at that point, and that was always going to be a highlight. Um, There's some good stuff at Mania 23. They tried to redo the uh, Hogan Andre slam, didn't they? With Kane and Carly, Carly. <laughs> promoting See No Evil. No, See No Evil being out. <laughs> well, but no, this... was, yeah, it was out for like a few months before. The match was great, and I think it was another one of those weird ones where Batista doesn't really need to prove anything, but. It was sort of like a reminder of how good Batista was getting as well in the ring. Yeah. You need to be in there with the right people sometimes, wasn't it? Earlier in the career because it, it helped to shine more. So with, uh, with Triple H and obviously one of the comments down below for uh, Vengeance 2005, the Hell in a Cell match, which was the best of the Triple H Batista matches ever. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's in there with people that just made him look really good, and he was great. But between him and Taker, awesome. Great match Very for WrestleMania 23. One of the best matches on the card. Probably the best match on the card, maybe. Right. I dare say. So that's my number five. Number four. Number four we got. 
Ed versus John Cena, Backlash 09. Mm. Much higher on your list than it was on yeah, mine. Yeah, I just thought the, the, the things they did were amazing, especially like the AA from the announce table to the crowd. Mm. Yeah. Um, and like the finish we talked about, like it's a bit Hollywood, but it's WWE, so you can go over it. Where Big Show comes in, chokeslam Cena through a light. It was a big deal, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was cool. It's a cool visual. The, but the annoying part is that Cena no-sold it like the day later on Raw. Cena was pretty guilty for doing that. We, I mean, we can we can talk about Cena now as like one of the goats, and he is. Yeah. But there was a there was it wasn't just a real oh he's the champion forever. Why people got really annoyed at him? Like there was there were other reasons, but that, that was kind. Of, I remember that being one of them. Yeah. That and the Nexus. <laughs> SummerSlam. Yes. Where he no sells the DDT. No, yeah, no sells DDT. And then Concrete. gets about to get 415 and then, yeah, beats two Nexus members in like 10 seconds, whatever the hell it was. So I blame him for the call. But, um, yeah, mm. it's good. I don't, if you want to add to what I was saying, the, obviously the spotlight. Spotlight, yeah, it's just... Um, good visual. The scene is sitting there asleep. <laughs> yeah. Really good. 2009, what could you get for the world? Very, very good, yeah. All right. I'm going to turn back the clock a little bit uh, with my number four. I'll stay a little bit. It's only a year before that. But it's uh, One Night Stand, 2008. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Getting a bit of a theme here. The ladders are coming out. Between Undertaker and Edge. Mm. Um, I swear there's not... Well, I don't... I'm trying not to put bias in. Taker's been on the list now a few times. But... yeah. He's had really good matches yes, for world title. Like, like did I, and like I said, like again, a name that is world title kind of caliber, right? Mm. But Edge and Taker, another one of those really good rivalries. Edge and Taker's stuff was awesome. Did they ever have a bad match? I don't remember that. In, in that rivalry. I don't remember their Judgment Day match being good because I think that was a DQ finish. Doesn't mean the match was bad. Uh, I mean, like in terms of them together, is entertaining, no. you know. And it was really, but this match, the biggest standout for me is, and you knew that the kind of, um, uh, trying not to swear now. Yeah, <laughs> you knew that the the shenanigans were going to take place um, with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, of course, they debuted as the Edgeheads. Hmm. Remember those days? Once upon a time, I loved that. I thought it was great. I did. It was the Bella Twins before the Bella Twins, really. Yeah, but you could tell the differences. <laughs> kind of. With who? Well, either of them. <laughs> but yeah, you knew there was Shanghai's going to be there, but I did not expect in a million years for Taker to take that bump from the ladder. It was like the Bubba Ray and um, Matt Hardy bump at TLC WrestleMania 17, both at the top of the ladder, and it was a big ladder. It one was of the big, big ones, ladder. and obviously it gets tilted, and he falls from like the top of the ladder, but it was high up on the ladder, over the top rope, and down through, crashing down through the tables, propped up on the outside. The Undertaker in two thousand and eight taking that bump. Yeah, it's not on my list. I don't think it'll be on your list. But do you remember uh, TLC two thousand eleven when it was uh, Edge, uh, Rey Mysterio, Kane, and Del Rio. Del Rio, yeah. And Ricardo does the backwards bump for two hours. Yes. For no reason. He didn't need to do it. I miss him, you know. Mm. He was really good. I liked him. Ricardo Rodriguez. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's not on my list, that match. But yeah. it would be an honorary mention if we're going to do those. I don't remember being a good match. I just remember that spot. <laughs> I think it was a good match, that one. It was good. Right. Just not in the top ten. But yeah. That TLC match, if you haven't seen that one, I would go and see it, especially because if you like TLC matches, that's about, for me, as good as they get, I think, as in terms of like one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. TLC matches, really just amazing. Really good stuff, that one. That's my number four. Right. Number three, the top three now. This is your bronze. Yeah. The third best World Heavyweight Championship match of the WWE era of all time. What have you got? Batista versus Undertaker. Hell in a Cell. Oh, Hell in a Cell. That's underrated, that one. Very underrated. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Oh, I, I love the match of mania, I love the backlash. That's my standing. I wish I could remember the uh, not the, the steel cage where it's a double finish, but 
we where you've noticed Anteco does jump before Batista, so but it was tape SmackDown, so <laughs> and I do like the from what I remember their match at uh, Sabbath Sunday, I think it was uh Steve Austin as the referee, but Helen Sal to me, it was like a combination of all those matches combined. Yeah, which is weird because that's like the same as the Triple H one. Mm. And that feud, isn't it? Batista just evolves by Hell in a Cell. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's very good, Matt. I really good. enjoy it. My number three is also set inside a steel structure, and you've already said it. Mm. Mine is the Elimination Chamber match from Survivor Series 2002. Nice. So uh, not really much more to add on it that you you didn't already say, but um, yeah, it was the first one because it is my favourite chamber match anyway. And like I said, every match, every person in there, the stories being told, you had Michaels and Triple H, Van Damme even just being a part of it was insane. Booker T's a former world champion. Kane was in there. He was the big man threat. Everything just came together so well in that. Jericho was always going to be that, you know, like, you don't necessarily believe he's going to be the guy to do it, but he's always got the, like, there's always a possibility he could because of how much of a dastardly heel he is. One thing people forget is that that match was set up because it's been everyone Triple H feud with that whole year. Yeah. Near enough. Just made sense. And that's kind of long-term booking. And we're talking, this is the old cell, to, the old chamber yeah. as well. So, you know, for anyone watching or, or listening. <laughs> I, just, um, I just remember one of my favourite bits that's before the match. When, do you remember Eric Bischoff does his promo inside the chamber? Yeah. And there's a bit where he tries to close the door, but he's going to the wrong part. <laughs> and then he trips up, leaving the chamber. In his own creation, yeah. which was... Kind of. I don't think it was actually a lot of his idea, was it? The, the, the chamber itself is well, the chamber is um, inspired Rumble. by war games. Yeah, he does say that in the promo to when they announced the match on Raw. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, old chamber too. But yeah, I was saying like if, if anyone that's watching or listening um, only came into wrestling maybe sort of now that the floor's padded and it looks cool now, like the aesthetics really cool with all the lights and stuff. But this was just like real, just kind of down dirty like just steel grates everywhere people would land there'd be rips open and yeah 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 this was like well, gnarly they, stuff when they changed it i thought well, i was gonna be not the same but it kind of works still. it's still good and a safety over everything else obviously yeah. but but it looks it looks bigger now in the chamber than it did it's much bigger now but it looks it looks bigger but also a bit smaller and like width it looks bigger it look bigger in height but, but it looks smaller yeah you know, like the the top, the top's bigger because obviously they can do like more insane stuff of the pod. But it feels like the the width of it looks more. You know what I mean? Like the Thunderdome from Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Mm. Oh, Tina! That was I was pretty shocked actually. Sad. I was shocked knowing that she was 83, was it? 83? Something like that. But then I remembered GoldenEye, so it was like... Pop GoldenEye and Thunderdome on. Well, it's, uh, we don't need another... I don't need another... We, we don't, don't need, need another, another hero, hero, yeah. Whatever. From Mad Max. Tina Turner, what a legend. Very much so. Simply the best. But she isn't going to be on the top 10, unfortunately, because no. she never competed for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, so... Shame. Um, number two. Number two. This is it. Silver, what you got? Randy Orton versus Christian, SummerSlam 2011. Amazing. Very yeah. good. Really good. Very, uh, once again, the feud for the World Heavyweight title, there's so many good ones, and this is one of the best ones, because like we said about um, Edge and Taker, I don't think there's any bad matches. Even the match where um, Orton wins the title the first time. Yeah. Even even the Money in the Bank one where it ends in the DQ, that's still a fun match. I'm going to tell you now, I knew this was going to happen. I bet it did. My number two is Orton versus Christian, SummerSlam 2011. Ooh. So it's the same one. Yeah. Really, it's just they they did they had great matches, but that was the big standout. Yeah. The RKO on the steps. Yeah, because there's no holds barred this time, and so they had the weapons. Weirdly, nearly all of these matches got weapons in them. Yeah, there was another weird one as well because, again, Christian was the heel now. It's like one more match, one more match. Christian, I yeah. think it got to that point by then, hadn't it? But obviously, because he'd won the title and lost it like literally a day later <laughs> to Orton. Yeah. So Orton became like a de facto heel, um, despite that he was actually the, the baby face. But 
another weird one, isn't it? Like people really behind Christian because of how long and you know he'd been in the company for. Well, yeah. I, well, I mean, he was still to, he still had the TNA run. Yeah, the TNA, run. but they don't really acknowledge it. Well, they couldn't acknowledge it in WWE because it's not. No, but the fact not... is, he hadn't had those heights in WWE, and regardless of of you know what your preference was at the time or now or whenever. WWE is the bigger company over TNA, so it holds them all weight. So if you hold the world title, a world title in WWE, it, I suppose, like by and large, means more than holding a world title in another company. Kind of does, yeah. It's weird. It's weird that way. It is weird that way, but you know that is how it's kind of looked at. So for him to finally do it and lose it, literally twenty four hours later on a SmackDown. Hmm. Um, well, it was two days later, but they were still taped then as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, really, really good. If you haven't seen Orton versus Christian. Yes, you should do. It's amazing. Really good. Amazing. It's basically, it's damn near perfect, that match. Very much so. I've got a really, I've got a sneaking suspicion. Our number one's the same as well. I'm going to, should we just do a countdown? Well, do you want to do any honourable mentions or wait until we finish? The... Do you know what's weird? A lot of my honourable mentions are in your top ten. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Because I've got... One I one I've not watched since I, I watched it at, on the show, and I'm sure it was a good match. Christian versus Del Rio is an um, underrated match from SummerSlam 2013. Yeah, that's pretty underrated. Um, that's where Edge comes out, isn't it? No, end. that's no, that's the was that the one before? That's the 2011 one when Christian won the title. Of course, it is. Yeah, that's a good match. But um, I forget how long Del Rio was actually there for. Yeah. Today. Uh, another one, I, I I don't remember being, I don't remember if it's as good as I think it is, but um, Dolph Ziggler versus Del Rio, payback 20, uh, 2013. I will say an underrated one for me involving Ziggler was him and Edge at Rumble, Rumble 2000. Yeah, that's a good match. Was it 11? 2011, yeah. That one's really underrated. I'm surprised because your number one is either... So you either don't have Jericho Michaels ladder match in there, you don't have Angle versus Taker No Way Out 06 in there. They were close. They were close. I promise you that. I've got a feeling, though, that you're... I, I think our number one's the same. Let's, I think we should do it. Let's be really cute about it. No, you, no. We really do don't. A little countdown. No, no. We do a little countdown. No. I'll just say it, and then you say yours. Go on. Edge was going to take... WrestleMania 24. That hey. <laughs> is. Yeah, it's my favourite. Hmm. Yeah. Probably the most underrated WrestleMania main event of all time. Is It's the one that doesn't get talked about that much. It never gets talked about, and I'm really puzzled by it because it's such a good match. Maybe because the uh, Shawn michaels Rick Flair match. That's 100% what it is. Uh, you've got the Mayweather-Big Show match. Which never underrated match that I don't think gets talked about. For a long time, oh, we shouldn't go too much into that, but for a long, long, long time, um, WrestleMania 24 was among one of my favorite. WrestleMania 17 is always going to be my favorite, but WrestleMania 24 mm. was really up there. Oh yeah, in, in terms was, of like my favourites, that was it was really good. That's day. That's a day that for me, you, and some others is very memorable to us. Yeah, I mean that was just a good day in general. That was a very good day, but but um, the whole show in general was awesome. That main event was great. Um, it just yeah, I think it's just overshadowed by the fact that you had that amazing uh, send off kind of. For Rick Flair, about a year or two. Well, for WWE, it was. It was. Yeah. It was his last match in WWE. To be fair, so you know, for, if we call it Ric Flair's WWE retirement match, um, it, it, that was perfect, really. Mm. All of that, and it did. It did kind of over, overshadow it, but you know, it's not to the thing you can't take away. There was so much going on in that match that even commentary couldn't even pick it all out because you know it wasn't just Undertaker's streak. Edge technically had a streak. He said that, but he did lose money in the bank the year before. Well, he's never been pinned or submitted. I no, think, I think that's what they were, they were they never, they never really said that part. And, and the other point was that Undertaker had never beaten Edge up to that point. But they don't think they had that many matches up to that point. It's still the story, though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it's still, so. It's still the story. Um, what is weird is that, because apparently there was a point in time, I, I can't, this, it is a quote, but I can't remember exactly where this has come from. It is a quote, but I can't be, you know what I mean? But um, I'm sure I read somewhere or saw somewhere that 
Edge was asked to, or, or was told he was going to go over and take at WrestleMania. So it's potential, potentially, a true story that uh, Edge was actually going to beat Undertaker in the main event of WrestleMania 24. But the story that I've seen or heard or wherever it was, really bad reference calling. I I know, and I'll put my hands up. It's not great. But what I, I remember seeing was that Edge refused it because he didn't want to. And I can, to be honest, I can see that there would be truth behind that. I can. And I bet he wouldn't have been the only person. Because Well, apparently... You look at like Austin. Austin was one of those guys. Stone Cold was one of those guys that thought Taker's streak should have just went on forever. Well, talking about that um, Kurt Angle match, apparently that was going to be Mania. That was a Mania uh, caliber match, wasn't yeah. it? But um, I, I guess, again, though, what we ended up I've... with instead was... And, well, A for Angle ended up in your top ten. Yeah, it would it would have been if I... But it's just really close to, like, some of the matches for me. And, like, you can't... Because it, it's a weird order and, like, you just can't... Put it, I, it's all subjective. Yeah. Top tens are all subjective. Also, I think one pro another problem is it's that I didn't like the finish. And like I say, it's one of those nitpick things, but... What's that? Taker and yeah, Angle? It's a triangle choking to a... Oh, you Taker and Edge you're on about. No, the um, triangle match. Well, the triangle choke is what finishes mainly 24. Well, the Hell's Gate. It's the same move. No, it's not. It is? Go-Go Platter. Oh, it's a Go-Go Platter, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, MMA bitch. MMA bitch. Oh, well, there's um, a swearing thing. It's not swearing. That's a female dog. Yeah, he was really trying to get that move over. Well, I guess it was over for a bit. Yeah. And that would lead up to why we had like the um, TLC match. Yeah. Because the Hell's Gate was banned. But um, another, moment, another reason why I think this match doesn't get the most credit is because it's, it's kind of overshadowed. By the referee run. Charles Robinson's run during that match is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, you watch, tried... watch the Olympics all you want, but yeah. nothing compares to that. Because he tried to recreate it, didn't he, a few years later with um, the Hell in a Cell? Yeah, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. Well, the ramp wasn't the same, for one. Yeah. Which is impressive just because of the distance he covered in that short time. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, an, it's a great. Because um, apparently, um, according to Kurt Hawkins, he said that. He was the their stuff was allowed to be. They could say whatever they want, right? And like they could give opinions like for what they wanted to do. But yeah, yeah, they was that. That was a good. I mean, look at them now as well. You know, they are both doing really good. Yeah, especially Cardona. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's we agreed on two and one then. Yeah. Mad. That could you could have easily flipped those two though, and I think. I, I reckon, think that yeah, it's, it's like um, with anything you can just change it. Like a day later, and go. Oh, I wish I'd done that. Oh, I forgot that match. Or no, I think that's probably about my. But it, it's subjective. List is top ten, and everybody's going to have something different. Like I might just go home and watch that uh, Mark Henry. Maybe what match and go. Oh, I should put that. I should put the cut angle match there. Or I'm should... just surprised it was in your top ten in general. I... Do you know what you probably would have benefited from watching it, making a list? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, there's probably there's matches I remember that I haven't seen in a long time, which probably could have gone on that list and go. Well, the thing is, as well, you know, it's 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 trying to remember what was on Raws and SmackDowns. Yeah, because because these are all pay per view. I reckon there was a Jericho Shawn Michaels match on Raw in UK for the title. I might be wrong on that one. Mm, oh, maybe. I might be wrong on that one, but definitely, I know they had a match. On Raw, I think it's the last man standing, but as far as I think JBL just cost um, Michael's the match. I don't know if that would have been that time. Mm. Well, you'll have to um, do it properly next time, won't you? Sure. So, <laughs> I guess that's our list of top 10. What's the World... next one going to be? What, top 10? Yeah. We haven't finished this one yet. We finished the 10, but. Yeah, have to think, won't we? There's a comment. Well, we should be the next top ten. Not, not entrance themes, not rumble matches. We've done entrance themes anyway. Yeah, well, was, well, that's why I said not to. All right. Could have told him. Could have I gave did. it. A, could have gave it a plug. I said not to do. That's not a plug, though, is it? 
You could say, don't do this one because we've got top ten. Well, I was going to when, we, when I was going to right, the list. I'll, 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 list I'll, I'll let you do it. You just made the list. That should have been a world title run, really. Yeah, but that was universal, wasn't it? Well, technically it was because of Owens, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, let us know. I guess. Yeah, we'll figure something out, won't we? We see the um, obviously the, the, this top ten could be out of date in a year. Probably with the new world title coming out, yeah. Um, and it's going to carry on, like we said, the same lineage. So, and if it is Seth, right, starting off with Seth and AJ Styles, so that could, yeah, that could show that could be be number one next week, yeah, or number one tomorrow, or yeah, tomorrow because that's when it's happening, yeah. Can I just say the Hell in a Cell Triple H Batista though (laughs) would have made it if this was top 20? Where was it? Was it? it was top 10? I oh, know, but I'm just saying it would have been probably 20. <laughs> Why did I match? Do you know what? I think we should just call this a day. We better do. Because this is going to keep going. But thanks you, everybody. <laughs> See, I, I gave it to the end of my drone. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for watching the video. Um, really, really do appreciate it. And obviously, for anyone that's going to be watching this um, after it's all gone out, of course, it's going to end up on Spotify and on Apple and on all the other ones. Spotify and Apple. What can people do? Give us a five-star rating. Or what? What well, are you going to do to them? Do nothing, really. Just say, oh, oh come on, you're meant to be getting like, a bit intimidating. I can't do that. Not my voice. Oh, I can hear your tooth going. <laughs> but no, you should, because we want you to. So if you give us a five-star review, that'd be fantastic. Um, don't do anything under, because it's, I mean, it's just no help. Really, is it? Have you got nothing nice to say? Can I do 4.9? Put it in the comments instead. 4.9? Yeah, can I do 4.9? What? Why? I'll take it. <laughs> it's not five-star, close to A 4.9. What, like RVD's one to Triple H in the chamber? Well, for some people, that was a five-star. <laughs> uh, not for Meltzer. But yeah, everybody, thank you so much. And we'll catch you again. Uh, should be next week. But um, we've got a bit of a backlog of episodes that we need to come, come back to. So we are going to be bringing some back, reviving some of these ones that we said we were going to do and we haven't done yet. Yeah. So we're going to be doing them. And in time, there's going to be more of a set. So that's going to happen too. Yeah. Unboxing's coming soon as well. Unboxing is coming soon. It arrived today. So. Um, and you was in for it. I was. <laughs> for once. It come early this week, to be fair. This this month. Yeah, well, it's. I think it's twenty eighth every month, isn't it? So yeah, right it about. be a Sunday. So but no, that's brilliant. We're going to be doing that as well. So uh, again, if you're listening to this on one of the podcast platforms, do head over to YouTube TMOF Wrestling, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. You can ring the bell, stay updated. That's what I'd do if I were you. Oh boy. Yeah. Have you? No. Don't need to, really, do we? Uh, we, well, we, do we, don't, we don't but need to, but everyone else does. Everyone else should. Or 118 subscribers. <laughs> Thanks a lot, everybody. Whatever you are doing in the world, wherever you are, please stay safe, look after each other. We will catch you again very soon. Yeah. Right. Let's go watch Mark Henry and Randy Orton. And so, oh, God. Well, it was in your top ten. Mm. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs>